1: It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive
0: with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith.
1: Welcome in to another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That means that is Alan Saunders. Alan, what is going on?
0: It's the Steelers Afternoon sitting in traffic right now. That's, that's what we're doing. Not really driving. But, uh, hey, that's what Mm -hmm. we're here for. So I guess I can't really complain about it. You know, that's why we wanted to have an afternoon show to give you all something to listen to on your ride home and to be able to react to the things that happen during the day right away and not have to wait till the next morning. So uh, here we are.
1: Well, I got to this was my reaction when I went on to X and saw that Trenton Thompson said he was going to be starting on Sunday. That was my reaction to that for anybody watching. For anybody that's just listening to this, all I did was put my thumb and index finger on my chin. The
0: about emoji. Yeah. You know. Yes. Uh, man, that's a... um, That's... <laughs> there's a tangent here that I'm not sure I want to go into, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Trent Thompson, who I enjoy very much speaking with, uh, joined the Steelers mid-training camp, had been with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, remember back in training camp, right, there was that week or two where, like, Minko was uh, at home dealing with his family situation. Um, mm-hmm. Casey was hurt. Neal was hurt. Trey Norwood was hurt. They didn't have any safeties, right? And then, like, they signed yeah. Trenton Thompson, and he played, like, every rep of first-team Uh, defense, him and Kenny Robinson, for like a month. And then, uh, yeah, ended up in the practice squad. Played, was called up and played last week. Was in the game on that last drive after Neil got hurt. uh, Missed an assignment on that last drive while Neil got hurt. (laughs) Led to that game being a lot closer than it needed to be. Uh, We'll see if he's ready to go. That is quite a job if he is replacing Keanu Neal and it's Fitzpatrick as a starting safety alongside DeMonte KZ. I mean, like I, I like him. I think he's a good player, but that is a large jump from guy yes. who's been on the practice squad all year to starting safety playing basically every down.
1: Life can come at you very fast in the NFL. And uh, Trenton Thompson is a testament to that. Yeah. I mean, the Keanu Neal. So, Full disclosure: I didn't necessarily expect Minka to be back for this game. Um, yeah, once no, we, we saw, talked yeah.
0: Wednesday that that we you know thought that was unlikely.
1: Yeah, but Keanu Neal's the interesting one because he spoke to the media after the game, um, and that's normally a sign that you're okay. He said as much. You know, him not practicing, I didn't necessarily think much of on Wednesday. But, you know, now with this being out, uh, TA called him a game time decision, Trenton Thompson saying he's gonna start. I would say that we're probably on the less than 50% side of seeing Keanu Neal even in this game. I mean, you're you're really getting thin. Like you're talking about Trenton Thompson here, but even who like, okay, so Elijah Riley's gonna play again. Uh, you know, could Darius Rush, actually uh, we just got a question from X as, as I'm speaking right now about Darius Rush getting a hat this week. Like. What do they do on the back end of things here if they're also out Tian Neal?
0: Well, there isn't anybody else to get a hat this week. I mean, last week Thompson was active. I guess Jalen Elliott is the other safety that's on the practice squad. Mm, um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I would expect Darius Rush will get a helmet. I don't expect that he's going to play much. Much like the Packers, the Browns are not a four wide receiver team. And they are a spread you out and run against you anyway team. So I think this will be – like I expect Elijah Riley to be the dime defender again this week like he was last week. I I don't think that will change. Um, But I expect Rush will probably get a hat just because I I don't know who else is going to if he doesn't. Unless maybe they're just going to try to play short one defensive back. But, you know, it doesn't seem like – they have a fifth yeah. inside linebacker ready to go. So I don't really know who else would be playing. So, yeah, I expect Rush will play, but uh, probably, or dress, but probably not play unless somebody gets hurt. Riley, I think, will be the dime defender. And then, you know, the nickel will be some combination of Riley, Patrick Peterson, and Shannon Sullivan, like it was last week.
1: Yeah, man, really getting thin on the back end there. And the, we've already seen them get thin at uh, inside linebacker, So this is... Well, yeah, I mean, we
0: talked about Keanu Neal potentially being an option for (laughs) pass-down linebacker. He's certainly not an option if he doesn't play. You know, so, I mean, I think you can sort of at this point, like, even if he does happen to play, he hasn't practiced it at all. Like, I would assume that he would not, at this point, be playing any linebacker, even if somehow he does play. Um, So you can pretty much go with, E-Rob and Mark Rob, twin linebackers. Like feels like that's the guys, and there's no, not really anybody else.
1: Yeah, I really don't think this could be overstated, too. We've obviously touched on it, but I feel like they are very fortunate with the opponent that they have this week to have another week before they see Cincinnati, and that those two opponents are not flip-flopped or anything like that, because this opponent specifically – I'm not trying to like take them for granted and say this is 100% a win for the Steelers or anything, but just the style of football that they're going to play, I feel like lends its hand to the Steelers' situation.
0: It's 100% a game that you feel comfortable with Elayne Roberts on the field 100% of the time, and that's what's going to happen, yeah. I think. I, I expect that Elayne Roberts is not going to leave the field in this game. And it's it's a game where I think, especially compared to Cincinnati, especially compared to some other games, you feel not so bad about that. Um, you know, is that gonna be the case every week? No, but this week it doesn't seem so
1: terrible. Um, not only Alan, not only are they getting hurt at inside linebacker at safety, their special teams coordinator Danny Smith torn rotator cuff. Yeah, this is a story.
0: Danny today. I had, I had requested him, and he doesn't usually speak unless we ask for him. Um, yeah. but you know, I felt like him being such a central part of that brawl at the end of the Packers game made it mm-hmm. worthwhile talking to him, and man, he didn't disappoint. Danny's always great, first of all, but like he, you know, he said he tore his rotator cuff in three places. Uh, yeah. You can see his hand is all cut and torn from getting stepped on. Um, My goodness. He got messed up, and uh, he said he couldn't get up, like he couldn't put mm-hmm. weight on his shoulder to lift himself up, so Rodney Williams, Man, like, you kind of wonder if like Pat is coming back, like, right, does Rodney keep a spot? And, and Danny said, like, I'm gonna have a hard time sitting that guy down now. Like, <laughs> you gotta save my butt. <laughs> like, is there a better way to secure yeah. your spot on the lineup as a special teamer than saving the special teams coach from sure serious injury the week before? Like, that's it's going a long way there. So props to Hot Rod. For, uh, for looking out for Danny Smith. But, yeah, I mean, Danny, he's incredible. He's been coaching for 47 years. And uh, Brooke Pryor of ESPN asked him, is that the hardest you've ever been hit? And he goes, oh, well, you know, I got hit at a Clemson-Georgia Tech game, and I broke my leg, and I have a plate and six screws in my knee from that. And then mm-hmm. Antonio Brown hit me in training camp, and I broke a rib and a vertebrae in my back and my finger. That hurt. This one hurt. I don't know. I'm like, this, like, and then, of course, like the kicker to the story, which is the best part is he didn't lose his gum. You know, he, right, all right. that, all that, didn't lose his gum. Absolutely of course, not. have you ever seen the camera find Danny Smith on the sideline during a game? He's always shooting on a big wad of, I don't know, I got to find out what kind, of, what kind of gum he chews, but big wad of bubble gum, always in his mouth, chomping away. Danny is one of the great characters in football, and I I really enjoyed covering him. And uh, yeah, what a tough dude, man! He's just staying there like, yeah, torn a rotator cuff, three places is what it is. <laughs> probably probably get surgery this off season, whatever. But oh, man, I'd be I, you'd see me one of big casts, like like rookie mm-hmm. of the year, right? Where it's like the whole arm, and I'd just yeah. be like in a wheelchair unnecessarily trying to milk that for all it's worth. Not Danny, man. He's he's a tough cat.
1: DTR is not him. Danny Smith is him. That's what I'm finding. DTR
0: out right now. is not him. <laughs> I wrote on the site today. Kevin Stefanski's sort of reasoning for playing Dorian Thompson Robinson this game, which mm-hmm. I am just going to go on the record as I think is going to be a mistake. Um, he was dreadful in that game against the Baltimore Ravens, and Kevin Stefanski's reasoning was. Well, it was good in the preseason when he actually got to prepare as a starter, and he kind of knew he was going to play. And this time, he kind of got like you know thrust into it the last second. And we want to see you know what he's capable of when he actually gets to prepare like a starter. I'm like, that's fair, but man, does he like turn the ball over? And these games are always about turnovers. Like this is going to be like for all the optimism about the way the Steelers have run the ball the last two weeks and sideline Canada and fourth quarter Kenny and like this offense kind of looking like it has a pulse like this game could be nine to two like, like I just like that's <laughs> that's where I'm at right now like it's, yeah this is gonna be the over under with the Sean Watson out of the lineup fell six points to 32 and a half if you put a gun to my head and made me bet it I would not even think twice about saying under like This is just going to be an ugly, like Cleveland's defense is really, really good. Pittsburgh's defense should eat this offense alive. You know, DTR is going to give you the ball. Like, you just, the Steelers just got to hope Kenny doesn't turn it over, that they don't put the ball on the ground and they can do just enough. But this is going to be an ugly, ugly football game. I'm kind of here for it. I enjoy ugly football, I enjoy AFC North football. It's all about toughness and defense and uh i think this is going to be that kind of game for sure
1: yeah i got before it moved and i don't even bet on the steelers ever like i do player props but i don't bet on the team but i got steelers money line and the under before it moved so it's like plus 255 or something like that is what i got that at um but in a game like this, that really magnifies the importance, I think, of your kicker. Chris Boswell has been fantastic all year. We haven't really talked about him much on here. Just the one missed kick, and it was after that penalty against Jacksonville, uh, which is and his only he's miss.
0: Perfect under sixty yards, which is like a funny yeah. thing that we have to like note. Like, oh well, you know. Uh, and you know, Bos doesn't really talk to the media. Basically, he will talk to the media after a game, like if he hits like a like a game winner or something like that. Like like the kick is really vital in the game. He will talk to us after game, but like during the week, mm-hmm. he doesn't really talk to the media. of has like a different practice schedule than everyone else. So he's just usually kind of gone before we get into the locker room because like the special teams guys end practice sooner than the, like the specialists are done before the rest of the team is. So we don't really get to talk to Boz very much. And I took the opportunity to talk to Danny Smith today just to you know, hear him out about like what Boz is doing this year because I think like he's been really, really good. Like, I, like he's been like the best he's been, and I think right. you can make a legitimate case for him to be the AFC's Pro Bowl kicker right now. Like, I think he's been that good, and I, I don't think enough people are really talking about it.
1: I agree. I mean, he is to me right now, the best kicker in the AFC. Like I said, he should be perfect on the year. Um, He gave it to the officials in that game for ruining his perfect season up to this point. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I saw him. I really
0: honestly kind of hope he misses one just so that's not the only thing that kicks him from a perfect season, because that would be like Mm. really, really, uh, that'd be tough to swallow.
1: I saw a clip though, Alan, of something that he was doing um, before practice, and it, it it looked like it was something I I don't remember. Is it something that he hasn't done before? Is it that he adds something to his? Yeah. So Danny said, you
0: know, Boswell wasn't really healthy last year. You know, he only missed right. a bunch of time. And Danny Smith said, like he went out and did a bunch of research this offseason about like what the kickers that uh, kick the most have been doing. Uh, On how they've been staying healthy. And they really changed the way that Boswell is practicing this year. So Mm -hmm. he is kicking more on Wednesdays and Mm -hmm. Thursdays than he has been in the past. More volume uh, to try to keep his strength up. And then not kicking at all Fridays, Saturdays, and really not even putting a lot of effort before the game to just, like, to build up his strength during the week but then be really rested for game day and they think that that is going to keep him healthy throughout the course of the year. And Danny said you know, it it was like one of those things where he wasn't sure how he was going to react. You know, kickers and and other athletes like that are very superstitious about their routine, especially guys whose job is so mental, and you don't want to, like, mess with a guy's head, right? And uh, Mm -hmm. Danny really gave Boz a lot of credit for embracing that change. And, and sticking with it and said he thinks it's been really and made a big difference.
1: I mean, I, I think the proof's in the pudding on this one. I would agree. So you're saying it was Danny Smith, not Chris, that kind of implemented this <coughs> regiment? Yeah, Danny
0: basically went and did the research and he took it to Boswell and said, here's uh-huh. what I see that we could do differently. Here's how mm. I think you could be better. And Boswell embraced it and went with it, which I think is really... Uh, very yeah. cool and, and quite a credit To both of them that they Were able to come up with that and I mean like I Think he's got more like that 60 Yarder was oh uh, He's got more leg Now yeah. than he did earlier In his career like he's not yeah. uh, You know he, He's getting better as he's Gotten older um, mm-hmm. I think that's really impressive
1: Yeah I would agree Um Any, I before we get to some questions, I guess I'd be remiss if there was anything that you got from uh, Matt Canada or anything today with the coordinator speaking before we dive into that.
0: No, Nick talked to TA and got a little news about the two safeties, right? Uh, I talked to Matt Canada and I talked to Danny. Um, Matt had relatively little to say today. Uh, we talked very briefly about just what to do with the extra tight end, you know, we talked about that yesterday. About, you know well we actually got a question regarding
1: about that yeah
0: okay yeah well let's let's actually just go to that right now because i mean Matt didn't really answered okay. the question that i posed to him and i think it's <laughs> actually kind of interesting which is like yeah. in 11 personnel specifically Darnell like, washington is quite a cheat because that's not a that's a light package but then you have this mammoth tight end that is the blocking part of it you know like yeah, it's like you have three mm-hmm. wide receivers on the field. So let's get Nickelback in there and let him get smashed by a guy the size of an offensive lineman. Like, <laughs> you know, yep. it's 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 a pretty good matchup for them. Uh He didn't really, I really understood what I was going with in terms of the question. I didn't ask it very well. And then uh, I didn't really get much of an answer. But what, what's our reader's question? And I'll try to do a better job of answering. So,
1: yeah, regarding the tight end stuff, I mean, we've kind of touched on this. So I feel like it's an extension of yesterday's conversation. Um, but will Mooth's return hurt the run game in our minds?
0: I think there is a chance that could happen, like, if especially if they play a lot of 12 personnel, which they've played before, and the the. The response is extra linebackers or extra defensive linemen in the game. I don't really think that's a win for the Steelers. You know, if the Browns are in nickel and you have Darnell Washington against, you know, against a nickel package, I like that better for the Steelers than if the Browns are in base defense and you have both Farmouth and Washington in the game. I also think Mm -hmm. Allen Robinson's blocking has really yeah. gotten better alongside that to the point that now I feel really good about that running package. We said yesterday, I don't expect Pat Furman to play more than about half the snaps in this game, kind of, no matter what guy coming back from the hamstring, it's not going to be very warm. Uh, you're, you're going to want to take it easy on him. So I don't really think it's going to be an issue this week, but I am very interested to see like, how the running game is impacted and what that means for the playing time at tight end going forward. Because if they bring them back and they struggle to run out of 12 personnel again, I think you have to make a real uh, mm-hmm. decision then about how much you want to play from versus Washington in, in single tight end sets.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I, I'm I'm glad that you said that because that's kind of where I was going to go with it, too, is like I don't think it has to hurt the run game, but it could if they let it, meaning, you know, if they don't. Again, this is more of a, a bigger picture thing because of Friar Muth, how his reps could look this week. But if you get to the point where you're kind of forcing Friar Muth on the field just because he is the de facto tight end one, even though it kind of goes against what the identity you found and the recipe of success that you have had running the football then, yeah, I think that it could hurt things. But I don't think it necessarily has to um, if you divvy up the reps correctly.
0: And, look, that recipe isn't going to work every week either. You know, you're going to get behind yeah, in right. some games, and then you can just pretty much play fireman the whole rest of the game at that point. You know, like mm-hmm. that, that's going to happen too. So yeah. I think it's probably going to be pretty game-dependent, but I could definitely see there be times the rest of this year where they decide – that Washington is going to play over Farmouth in single tight end sets.
1: Yeah, which is crazy to think. Like, you know, we were all in panic mode about Darnell playing behind Connor and even Rodney Williams just a couple weeks ago. Uh, and now this is the conversation. But um, this one's about Kenny. Uh, Shappy at shap 19 says, if you could tell Kenny two things to try to get him in the passing game going, what would you tell him? Hmm. I don't know. I, oh, I guess we're. I guess we're Mike Sullivan the time,
0: and I, I have that. I have that ability, but I don't know that anything <laughs> I can tell him would make any bit of Like I could literally go tell Kenny whatever two things I could tell him tomorrow. I don't know that I have anything that would help. Uh, like. Yeah, I I don't, like, I think it's, I don't think Pickett is, like, it's just a process. Like, I don't, I don't think there's, be patient. That's one of them. Like, I just think things are happening. Yeah. He's going to get better. He's not a finished product. Anybody that's written him off at this point right now is an idiot. Like, stop. Uh, uh, you know, he's playing you know, 30 and certainly players in their first and second year get a lot better and so I, I think that's really it like I don't think there's there's no magic bullet here like it's just work right. process, time reps you know like that's really all
1: it is. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. That's the thing. Like, I I appreciate the question from from Shappy here, but like, I if it were that easy, we would already be seeing it. You know what I mean? Like, if we could just tell yeah. him two things to improve the passing pass, yeah, like, I don't really game, think that
0: the Steelers have done a great job of like surrounding Kenny with elite level quarterback coaching. But like, if there were two things to say, I'm pretty sure Mike Sullivan would have said him by now. Like, it's just. Mm-hmm. I I don't, I don't, you know, I
1: don't. Well, when you said about the, uh, the be patient for the fan base with him, I thought you were saying that for Kenny himself, because I think at times too, you things are moving too fast for him in his head and he needs to be patient as well.
0: Well, I think you should just be patient with the pro. Like don't get discouraged. Like that's all, that's all I would say like to Kenny, like just keep going. Like, Like, things aren't going well right now. He's smart enough to know that things aren't going well right now. Uh, I thought it was a great answer, by the way. He talked yesterday, and he was asked, uh, you know, Mike Tomlin on Tuesday said he certainly needs more out of Kenny Pickett. And uh, someone asked him, like, what does it mean to hear that? And Ken was like, I don't need any external motivation to be better. (laughs) I was just like, that is such a great answer. Like, I – like, and, and, I, and that is the reason that I have always believed that I think Kenny Pickett will be a good NFL quarterback. I'm not sure he's going to be great, but I think he will be a good NFL quarterback because I have seen the level of commitment, work ethic, self-motivation, leadership. Like, he's going to get it. It might take him longer than people want. It might take him longer than the Steelers are willing to wait. But I very strongly believe that he is going to figure things out and become a good quarterback. Now, like, he's not perfect. He's got lots of faults. He's not an elite athlete. He doesn't have elite arm talent. He's not going to be Ben Roethlisberger. He's not going to be, you know, Peyton Manning. He's not going to be even like Jalen Hurts, probably, but like he, he can be a good quarterback and a winning quarterback for this team. Uh, but, you know, he's got things to work on. There's,
1: there's no question about that. Let's talk about somebody from that same draft class that came in with him because we actually got two questions about the Marvin Leal, which is interesting, uh, from Gavin Bowser and Joe Frick. Uh, what's the deal with Leal? I know they don't – oh, dude barely is seeing the field anymore. Going into his final season at A&M, he was a pretty high projected pick. Uh, that was from Joe. And then Gavin said, why have the snaps for DeMarvin Liao decreased over the course of the season, even with injuries along the way, including Adams, Cam, etc.? cetera. So kind of, you know, in the same boat there in terms of Liao's snaps continuing to diminish.
0: It's just a lot of matchup stuff. Um, you know, he really is that I, he's not limited in what he can do because he can do almost every job on the defensive line except for play nose tackle. But I think he mm-hmm. is really best at playing end in the base defense. That is really yeah. his best position, and they just haven't done a lot of that these uh, last. Uh, just uh, it's all opponent-driven, you know. Mike Tomlin was asked, uh, you know, do you want to, you know, without your linebackers, you're going to play more sub packages? And his answer was like, not against Cleveland because they play right. sub packages against them and run the ball down our throat, like. We can't mm-hmm. just decide to play whatever package fits our uh, idea, fits our agenda. You know, you have to play in. You have to match personnel in response to what the other team is doing. And I just think that you know guys like Benton, who are more interior players, you know, more like a a defensive tackle. I call so when I write, I call them. Nose tackles, defensive tackles, and defensive ends, right? You have the noses in 3-4. You have the, the tackles in the four-man front, which is what the Steelers play in nickel and dime. And then you have the ends in 3-4. And, like, Leal's really only doing one of those three jobs right now. And that's okay. Um, We'll see, like, where things go. But I, I don't really think it's um, any kind of I, – I just – I think if you want to be critical of that draft pick, I think it's probably that, like, they used a pretty high pick for a role that they don't really use that much. Like, they've talked a lot about, like, oh, well, we don't want to spend a lot of resources on a nose tackle. Well, you spent, like, a pretty good amount of resources on a defensive end and your base defense that you use just as much as you use as a nose tackle. So, like, kind of what gives. But I don't mm-hmm. think it's necessarily, like – an indication that they're unhappy with Leal or anything like that. I just think it's been about opportunities for the role that he is best suited to play.
1: Right. Gotcha. Okay. Um, we got another one here. What do we know about Trenton Thompson?
0: Uh, he hits hard and if you're safety and you do one thing, well, I like that to be the thing. Um, he's got good length Uh, When I look at the Browns and I see a guy like David Njoku, that's my guess as to the reason that he is in the game is that you need a long athletic guy to stay with a tight end like that. And I think Thompson kind of fits that mold. He has better, I, I would say better man coverage and box safety skills than like center field kind of stuff, you know, um, so I think he's a Steelers kind of player. I think he kind of reminds me of, like, Terrell Edmonds' light in a lot of ways. Um, that he's lighter, mm-hmm. but, like, maybe not quite as good, but the same kind of skill set as as Terrell Edmonds, and I think he's a good fit um, for what they need this week, especially against Njoku.
1: Uh, San Diego State, not necessarily a ton of guys in the all league. All the came Aztecs there.
0: on the Steelers. All the Aztecs yeah. on the Steelers. Him and Casey, they will have what has to be the first all <laughs> San Diego State Aztec starting safety duo. And of yep. course, Luke Barku, also San Diego mm-hmm. State, is on the practice squad. And they had like five of them at training camp. Yeah. Bill Dunkel. I think there's another one too It was San Diego State. Oh, yeah, Jordan Bird, the wide receiver. Uh, to the yep. um, so they had five in training camp, down to three, but two of them starting at safety.
1: Really um, going into the Rolodex there to come up. I, I wouldn't have thought of Jordan Bird like that, but I mean. Um, also played a ton of games oh. in college. Actually, most games played uh, in San Diego State history with 57.
0: He also played so. against Dorian Thompson Robinson in college.
1: Hmm. There we go. They how, how awesome? Like 18 or 19. How awesome would it be if he got a pick on Sunday?
0: It'd be yeah, quite people awesome.
1: don't even know who he is. And yeah. Um, and we'll finish off with a funny one here. If you could only pick one Steeler to be your backup in a bar brawl, who would it be?
0: I want you to go first on this one.
1: Actually, in the person said, I'm going with Minka, and I'm guessing it's because of Minka maybe saving DeMonte KZ from also missing this game for a different reason uh, on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I want, I want your thoughts on this first. Uh, you know what? Maybe maybe it's just me buttering him up because, you know, we've talked about him a lot on here. Hope to get him on here at some point. I heard he knows who I am now, but I'm going with E-Rob.
0: I think E-Rob is a solid answer. Um. Also, like, here's... here's so, I think most people are going to approach this question from like, who's big and tough and scary. And there are yeah. certainly big and tough and scary guys on the team all over. But listen, if I want someone specifically to be my backup in a bar fight, that means that I have to want to be at the bar with that guy. Like I, I'm not going to want to bring some like, I'm not, I'm not like singling someone out by this. But, like I don't want to bring some giant like lunkhead. that's no fun. Just sits there like a bump on a log just in case I get into a fight in the bar. Like, I want to bring someone who's a good time that then also, you know, we can roll if we have to roll. Like, that's that's what I'm looking for here. And I think I think E-Rob's a really good answer. I don't really yeah. know that I'm going to be able to come up with a better one than that. I'm going to think about it for a second here. Like, here's why, like, okay, TJ Watt certainly could wreck some guys in a fight. TJ's, like, the grumpiest, dullest guy Like, I don't don't want to go to a bar with TJ. Like, he's Mm -hmm. kind of just dry. He's boring. Like, I don't want that. That's not where I'm at. Um, Linebacker, in general, though, is a fruitful place if you're looking for, like... I'd love to know, like, someone needs to do a study. Like, which NFL position is most likely to get into, like, a fight? (laughs) I bet it's linebacker. I bet linebacker is number one. In fact... Talking to Landon Roberts about this a couple weeks ago. And one of the reasons why he's expressed some interest in you know joining and coming on a podcast and showing his personality a little bit is he's like, you know, I just want people to get to know me a little bit. I'm getting older. I I need to look at like where things are going after my career, and I want to see how people react to me. And he's like, like generally, people see the way I play and just think I'm like like an a-hole. And I'm like, well, you know. Linebacker, I just kind of assume, like, I just, you know, like it's, it's, yeah. it kind of comes with the territory, right? Like, it, the Steelers have a rare collection of linebackers and that none of them is really truly a jerk. Like, they, there are no, like, like generally, mm-hmm. you got at least one linebacker on your team that's like, oh, don't go around that guy, don't mess you up. Like, like they're, they're a pretty easygoing group for that position. That is not typically the way they are. All right, I am gonna. I, I, Andrew Roberts is an excellent answer. I'm not even really gonna say mine is better, but I wanna come up with another one. Larry Ogonjobi is, yeah, like I a thought dude about him that as well. I would not want to meet in an alley. Like, that is like, he, like, he has, he'll, he has some, some violence to him that I really mm-hmm. appreciate. And, uh, I think Larry would be a good time at the bar as well. So that's that's my that's my answer. I, I think you picked probably the, the best choice with the and yep. Roberts though. Those those are two good options. What about all right, we're over, but whatever. What about if you had to pick an offensive player? Because well, that's let's the thing. Be honest, like I immediately went to defense part, yep. real defense is where the real butt kickers are. What if you had to pick an offensive player?
1: Uh Darnell.
0: Mm, that's a solid choice. That's a solid choice. I think I'm taking Jalen Warren.
1: Like, there is a Aye, level of yeah. fearlessness. We, we went total opposite ends of the spectrum there, yeah. There
0: is a level of fearlessness <laughs> with Jalen Warren. But like, it does not matter who I'm fighting. He's sticking his head in there. Like, he's got me no matter what, that mm-hmm. I I really appreciate. Uh, if he can hit as hard in the bar as he does in NFL games, like, you don't get fined there. It's fine. You're It's. You, <laughs> It's all legal or none of it's legal, but whatever. Uh So I'm, I'll go with Jalen Warren. He is, he plays offense like a defensive player. Let me just say that.
1: Mm-hmm. And if we're looking for somebody to start the bar fight, I'm picking George Pickens.
0: Ooh, who's st- No. <laughs> See starting has to be like a trash talker. Uh Who starts the fight? DeMonte Casey. That's, that's yeah. my, yep. that's my yeah. fight starter. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Is who, who gets us in the fight? Yeah, yeah, Casey
1: 100%. Well, it'd be funny, like, if we just did an entire episode of, like, superlatives, stuff like, like this. Have, Most like, likely. We
0: to... off an with nothing else to talk about. So, you know, we'll,
1: we'll get to those, <laughs> I'm sure. I guess so. Uh, Alan, tell the people where they can find you.
0: At Ace Saunders underscore PGH on X at PGH. Steelers Now is a site's account. Steelersnow.com is where my words live. Read them so I can get paid. Steelers Now Plus, you get 10% off. Using the promo code Allen10 and read all the best stuff for myself, Dark Bell, Nick Derek's There's another story coming up today or tomorrow morning about the Steelers running game and why it's been better. I also talked to Jalen Warren about that today, and I got a story on that coming out uh, tomorrow as well. So go there and check it out. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, and uh, see us again tomorrow.
1: Boom. There we go. Like Alan said, like, subscribe, hit that notification bell as well so you know when we post a new episode of this, Sights and Sounds, practice, to all that good stuff, all the content that gets put on the yeah, you channel. You got
0: balls kicking up there. You got yeah. Johnson back in practice. Yeah, I, I,
1: referenced, I, uh, I referenced the Boswell stuff earlier. There's literally yeah. a video of it happening uh, on the YouTube. There you go. So. Uh, Comments down below. We read some comments today. We get some questions from X, as we always appreciate. Um, If you're listening somewhere else, be sure to leave us a five-star review over there, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. I am Zachary Smith, PGH for Alan Saunders and myself. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is
0: apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20 bit to get 20, 20 to get 15, 15, 15, 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch.
1: $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
0: Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com.
1: 18 plus.